right, and welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest, to another edition, another episode, if you will, of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, along with my co-host, Stephen Marsh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, Stephen, how are you tonight? Good, yeah, welcome to uh, welcome to Las Vegas. Uh, you were up here for the, uh, you were filming a Sunday special on the Golden Knights, which I had a chance to be a part of, and... And so it's glad to have you uh, in Vegas. Uh, it's hot here, just like it is in Arizona, but that's that's okay. We're getting closer to hockey. That's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking club hockey, as we always do on Wednesday night, so we've got a lot of stuff to, uh, to talk about. Um, this is a strange one, Stephen, because, as you know, the COVID-19 has hit everybody hard, and some schools are deciding to participate, some aren't. Uh, at least initially. Some uh, colleges are going back to online classes for the, at least first semester. Some are going full bore, so it's a little different. But tonight we're going to talk uh, Rebel Hockey, which is something you're very familiar with. We're going to have uh, Coach Greener and Coach uh, Raboni on with us tonight. And we're going to discuss how you go about doing an ACHA program in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, it's not an easy task, that's for sure. I, you know, it's this is certainly a unique time for everybody and and it's uh it's really tricky because you know we, we know that the ACHA the last update they gave was that they want to go forward with those schools that are participating um we mentioned uh, you mentioned that some schools are going to delay their start some aren't going to be able to play at all and and uh so it's it's real interesting we're starting to see this in other with the football too especially college football with decisions about just playing conference games or some leagues, or you mentioned a while back, Ivy League not playing at all in the fall. So, yeah, it's 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 an ever changing uh, dynamic as we get into August. Well, you know, as we talk uh, ACHA hockey, and and I think it's worth repeating almost every show because I really have never seen anything like this. All of the teams in the desert Southwest are in what I call an arms race, right? They're both or all of them are trying to build their rosters to win a national championship. It's not about winning the conference or winning uh, against your uh, arch rival or an opponent. They're building to win a national championship. And that's so exciting from a, a media standpoint, because you know that they're built to win, right? And the guys that they're coming in are high quality uh, student athletes that are prepared to play hockey and uh, just your thoughts on that, because I think it really deserves uh, a credit and, and mentioned again, over and over again is because I've never seen this before in uh, club hockey. Yeah. Well, we, what we've seen is that each team has shown that they have the ability to win uh, and, or then to compete. So the next thing is to try to, you know, every year you try to improve, improve and, and, you know, UNLV, they, they, they've, Come into you know D one. Their goal was to have a good first season. Well, they had a real good first season. They make the tournament. You now they win a game in the tournament, and then you know then they they lose the next game. Well, the next year they they had that same progress. Every year you try to progress. Well, UNLV now has established themselves that they they know that they they have the pieces to get in. Now they have to show that they can they can win a championship, and so that's what their goal is to do is to win a championship. Now they join. Uh, a conference and now they have a chance to to have a goal of winning a conference championship but I, you know that's not going to be good enough for them because they've already shown that they can they can compete with just about anybody in the in the league and so yeah it's 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 I'll do the same with uh, Arizona State you know they had a much better better season this year 
and they, they show they can be Arizona, as we know, has established themselves, and, and they would love to win a, a championship. They've won a couple of Cactus Cups against ASU. They've won the WCHL title, and that's all great, but they want to win the championship. So these, these moves that they're making, Grand Canyon wants to show that they're that, – don't forget about them, that they want to be in the mix. So uh, that's why we're seeing these players outdo themselves with, uh, with player additions and, and commits and – and with the with the hope that they can achieve the goals that they they want to do, and it makes it fun for us. You're right, fun for us to watch to see these teams out try to outdo themselves, and and when it comes time to battle that on the ice, then we can uh, we'll be able to watch it. You know, and speaking of battle it out on the ice, uh, I drove up last night to uh, to be up here for the uh, Golden Knights practice, as you mentioned. But uh, one thing I'm always impressed at when I come to Vegas is just the support. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, a global pandemic. Um, and, and people, he, I, I pulled into the arena today, and I know a diehard uh, uh, Rebel hockey fan who's a season, again, a season ticket holder, was sitting outside in her chair along with a couple other people and the flag wavers. And, you know, that, that's so good to see because uh, so many teams struggle to find fan support. That's not been the problem for Rebel hockey. And uh, one of the things that, that you look at, in ACHA hockey is you got to finance this thing, right? And when you look at what uh, UNLV is doing, and we'll talk to uh, Nick Caroni about that, uh, the golf tournament coming up at the end of August, but uh, U of A has stepped up their game and, and added a uh, store to their websites. So you can now purchase their goods, and, and ASU is trying different things, and Grand Canyon is trying different things. Uh, it, it's a challenging task. But I think our ACHA teams in the Desert Southwest have done a really good job of uh, keeping up with the times and, and being innovative in finding ways to finance their programs. Right, and and it's such a key component of how a team can be successful at this level because uh, it's very costly. They, these are club sports, as we mentioned. We use that too loosely. We don't, you know, they don't really like to call it referring to that, but that's what they are. They're a club sport, so they they'll get a depending on the school, they're getting a little bit of funding from the school, but it's not like an NCAA program for sure. And, you know, the players pay themselves to play, so that provides some of the budget, but it's a very budget. And, and, and UNLV, I know from their perspective, I'm sure it's the same for the other schools in this area, they uh, they, they, they treat the, the players well. They give them, you know, good good equipment. And, uh, and you know, when they go on road trips, they, they stay in, you know, very nice, you know, pretty nice hotels and, 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 and stuff and, and treat them out good meals on the roads and stuff and, and all that cost. They go to some, some expensive cities throughout the season. That, and uh, even if they take the bus and, and so you, all that costs money. And so you, you need, you need support and uh, luck. UNLV is lucky enough that they've established a great support base, a fan base. Um, it's great donors that have, that have helped of course. Uh, so that makes it tough right now because a lot of people are struggling for, for money and, and maybe don't have the extra resources, and, and and there's a little bit of uncertainty about about whether you know we'll be able to have fans in the stands when it comes time for the season to start. And 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 as we had Chris Perry on a few weeks ago, I remember something he said. He said for some teams, it's not really the objective. You know, they don't have a lot of fans. You know, they may have the fa- families and friends playing in front of. Uh, but he said the luxury that UNLV and like Arizona has is they have that that fan support. And if they don't have that, that's a big part of their their budget that they won't be able to, to have. So but they'll make it work, but it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. So, you know, it's, it's interesting times and we really hope that the golf thing can happen. It's a month away. Um, we'll see. And, uh, and we'll see if uh, they'll be able to, 
to get the season. I know UNLV had the season ticket uh, started started up that people can get the season tickets, and you know they've they've promised that they've had to refund if if, if games don't happen, so people don't have to worry about about that. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting, but for sure. But uh, it's it's good to see like Arizona with the fundraising that they're doing with the the team store and just finding ways to try to continue to raise money and get the support building up even during these times. You know, and the other thing with Las Vegas, and and I give a lot of kudos to the Golden Knights and what they've done, but this this hockey revolution, if you will, over the last five years started with UNLV because uh, what C. Con and uh, Anthony Lignery Greener and Nick Raboni and and um, uh, who am I missing? Um, I bet three or four other people that really stepped in and right. took Arturo over Castro was a big part Arturo, of the Arturo is who I was thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they all stuck, stepped in and, and elevated uh, UNLV hockey. Then of course the golden Knights come in and they do their thing and, and they elevate themselves to the top of the NHL. Then they, they announced they're bringing an AH, AHL team to uh, Henderson. And that looks like everything there is going to be first class and top notch. Um, and the, as I mentioned, every show, they, they continue to build ice surfaces, which is what you need to build hockey at all levels. So when we look at this and, and we take a look at it, uh, is that going to be detrimental at some point? I mean, we, we've talked, and I know other people have talked about, is an AHL team going to hurt the draw for Rebel Hockey because they're so close? Or will there be enough people to support all of them? Uh, personally, looking at from the outside, I think there's more than enough fans in the Vegas Henderson area to support all of those programs. I even think if the Rebels were to move up to an NCAA level, there'd be enough support for them too, because the overflow from the Golden Knights, if nothing else, um, is a lot. I mean, when you see they can fill up an AHL, there's so many AHL teams, Stephen, that would love to have a ticket uh, season ticket base like what Henderson has already, never having played a game here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's just. I think it had, they, they said over 8,000, which uh, is interesting because where they're going to start playing, the Orleans Arena is less, less than 8,000 seats. And obviously not everybody. I know that they started doing some uh, some tours. People could go to – groups that could go to the Orleans and, and pick out some seats, and they, they started doing that. The Silver Knights did. And, and uh, it's – it's yeah, and you mentioned about being a – there's more competition now for, for hockey uh, watching or viewing, I guess, or – attend and and yeah there is going to be that but it's going to be um it's going to be interesting to see how it works out but i, I don't think there's that i mean i think it, it it can work well because you're going to have you're going to have henderson which you know again there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to go to those games and that's going to be affordable and unlv games are are affordable and and i think you know if they if, it's hard to know when you plan a schedule there'll be some overlap but there'll be weekends where unlv plays and Maybe the Golden Knights and Henderson will be away, and and you'll be able to go to the UNLV game, and and you know, and, and vice versa. And, you know, UNLV also has to compete yeah. with the with the other sports, and it UNLV too. That you know, a basketball game that may be playing, or a football game in the fall or, or the spring, or you know, and so they they're gonna they have to compete with that, which they've been doing well because the football and the basketball maybe hasn't lived up to the expectations this far, and people are excited about hockey. But uh, when those teams get better, they have to compete with the football and hockey, basketball, which is actually going to be good if they play better because it will benefit UNLV's pursuits to NCAA level. 
at the same time they have to compete for attention and they also have to compete with hockey in the city so it's it's kind of a double double-edged thing but UNLV the skating rebels they do a good job of of battling that but we'll have to see how the the AHL factor in but I think it can work very well and I, I don't I think it'll be uh it won't be too much hockey. There's never. I don't think there's ever too much hockey. <laughs> there's never, never too much hockey. But speaking of too much hockey, uh, I think we have our a uh, uh, our uh, special guest on. We've got the assistant coach from UNLV Hockey, Nick Raboni, with us. So, uh, without further ado, let's bring Nick on and let's start talking some Rebel hockey. Uh, Nick, you got uh, Stephen and Scott with you. Uh, I've moved myself at least for the show to uh, the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. So I hope you're happy with that. Of course. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> for doing well. Uh, Nick, I wanted to have you on for uh, a number of reasons. But uh, first and foremost, when, when we look at this craziness that we're in the middle of this pandemic, and, and I thought, you know, you guys just keep plugging along and keep bringing in players and announcing commits and, and forming your fundraisers. And I'm going like, man, oh, man, kudos to you guys to be able to continue to move right on through it. So tell me what it's been like to deal with uh, – building an ACHA program in the middle of a pandemic? Well, I think everybody in our league is pretty much in the same boat. Um, you know, I don't think anybody was able to actually have any recruitment trips where you have players and coming into your campus and touring facilities and seeing what they're actually going to be able to be uh, doing year in and year out as far as um, all that stuff goes. So I think that for us, it was all about making sure that we made a lot of phone calls good connections with coaches and um, also connecting with the players and then also having our guys as kind of like a testimonial to our program. So when you have um, when you have a, a strong leadership and a good core already in place, they're going to be your best recruiters. So as far as bringing players in, um, you know, our, stra- our strategies changed a little bit, but our, our recruiting tactics necessarily didn't. And uh, I don't think that our vision for the type of player we wanted to bring in changed at all either. Um, and then as far as fundraising goes, you know, we have to make money um, with everything kind of being up in the air this year as far as having fans or and games in this fall. Um, our program has to still be able to maintain the, the level of excellence that we um, are expected to have for our student athletes. And that comes with money. So um, finding ways to, to find new revenues of money and finding ways to to um, do different fundraisers and keep plugging along and make the ones that we've been doing better. I think that's been our goal. Okay, I think we got uh, your head coach, uh, Anthony Vigneri Greener, with us as well. So, Coach, are you with us? I'm here. Thank you. Absolutely. Good to have you both on. As I was telling uh, Nick as we started the conversation is, uh, you know, we're struggling with this pandemic, and I think Nick put it very well when he said everybody's in the same boat, and that truly is a fact. But I give you guys so much credit because you continue to plug along, and, and I've said this all summer long or basically since March that, uh, I think there's an arms race going on in ACHA hockey here in the desert Southwest. And you guys aren't satisfied with just winning rivalries or having a winning record or winning a conference. You guys legitimately want to win a national championship, don't you? Yeah, no, that's uh, Nick and I's goal. Um, I feel like we have the right kids in place to do that, especially with the recruiting class that uh, Nick and myself went out and got this year. So we're on the right tracks, but that's our end goal, and uh, everybody's on the same page. We want to win a national championship at this level. All right, before we let Steven jump in, because I know he's got some questions for you. Nick, I want to talk a little bit about the golf tournament and let you talk about that. That's uh, becoming a staple for you guys and a major fundraiser. So 
coming up here in about uh, just over a month, but tell us a little bit about how that's going and, and how people can get involved with the, uh, the Rebel Golf Tournament. It's going really well. Um, you know, it's always a fun event every year, and we want to make sure that we're, we're building off it and kind of making sure that we have um, even more people than last year, but also provide them with an even better experience. So, you know, our golf tournament this year, once again, is going to be August 27th at Bears Best. Um, we've done a, um, a little bit of a discounted rate this year, you know, with everything going on. We know people aren't always in the, um, the best spot financially to support the program, so we still want them to be able to enjoy something like this. It allows them an opportunity to maybe get away um, from the everyday grind that's uh, a little bit different than it was before. So we lowered our foursomes to $400, and we have a whole sponsor special as well for $650. Um, that'll include a free foursome, and then you also have a couple different things for $2,500 and $1,500. Um, our golf ball sponsor, our polo sponsor, t-shirt sponsor. Um, so those things are filling up fast, though. I mean, I think we're already at a 120 golfers, and the max we can have is 144. So things are looking really good. Um, you know, Coach Greener and I are excited to meet existing Rebel fans and, and new ones. So the biggest thing for us was just making sure that it's affordable and um, to get more community involvement than ever before. All right, Stephen, fire away. Okay, so Nick, I want to follow up on that. Uh, you know, with this, with the pandemic and all, you know, with everything being how with a lot of restrictions still, and, and we're going into August. How how much did you have to adjust what you normally would do with the golf tournament it, to kind of uh, fit in with with COVID restrictions or or what you guys would normally do to how you guys can operate the the golf tournament this year? And and will it happen on August twenty seventh, or is it potentially a chance that it could get delayed or pushed to another day? I mean, no, right now it's uh, it's officially happening August 27th. I just had a phone call um, with the golf course yesterday talking about the different parameters. I mean, um, it really comes down to the course, and, um, you know, the courses here are doing a good job of making sure that each golfer has their own cart. Um, you know, we're going to be making sure that there's social distancing going on at check-in. There's going to be a limited number of people that are allowed at the banquet hall afterwards as well. Um not, not to the point where we can't get everybody involved, but just a comfortable setting. Um, so I think that those are the type of things that we'll be looking into. Um, we're going to be providing masks at the golf tournament as well, Rebel Hockey branded masks for everyone. Um, so we're going to make sure we're doing our part as well, um, not just the course. So I think that those are just a couple different things, but at the same time, we want everybody to kind of have fun with it and um, be outside. I think that that's the best place to be during a pandemic um, when you're not crammed in a small area. So being outside on the golf course, um, is probably the uh, the best thing that you can do and people can always still register it's at rebelhockey.com under our ticket link um, so not only can you find our season tickets there but you'll also be able to register for the golf tournament okay anthony i'm going to go back to you on this one because uh i gave you guys kudos again and every time i come i told steven this, every time i come up here to vegas uh, i'm always impressed with the way you guys continue to persevere not only uh, the programs, your program, the Golden Knights, now Henderson Silver Knights, but the fan base as well. I mean, um, yeah, maybe a few less people out and about right now. And obviously, uh, uh, you know, the pandemic has, has kept some people away. But talk a little bit about just how big hockey has become. And, and I put it on you you guys, you and Nick and Z and, and Arturo, because you guys were the founding fathers of really reviving hockey in, in Las Vegas, in my book anyway, because you were here before – uh, the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights. Yeah, no, I would say the hockey community in Vegas is really a tight-knit group. And so it always had that great core um, that Nick and I are lucky to be a part of. 
but um, yeah, I, I think with the group that we started with five years ago and then what uh, we've been able to done this last two years um, just speaks volumes about the program, not just about ourselves, but the program as a whole. And then the hockey community, it's, you, you know, uh, itself, just with everything going on, people are still can't wait to get back to the rinks. And, you know, when they had all this, the pandemic stuff, the rinks shut down, I mean, you can't get ice anywhere in Las Vegas. That just shows you. So we have um, well, four sheets of ice, or excuse me, five sheets of ice right now, and it's completely full all the time. So that just speaks volumes and volumes of what, you know, Vegas and the Knights have done with UNLV and whatnot. So it's going to be exciting times once we can watch uh, some hockey here, hopefully in eight days. Okay, so let me follow that up with the uh... – the question that, you know, there's an old saying that, that high tide raises all ships, and I think that's really true in Vegas more than anywhere. So that maybe, Nick, you want to answer on this one, but um, when you look at Rebel Hockey and you look at Golden Knights Hockey and Henderson Silver Knights Hockey and uh, all the different programs, the youth programs, the junior programs, uh, if you're all doing well, everybody does well. Is that a fair assessment here in Las Vegas? Uh, it is, and I think that uh, people here in Vegas like winners. Um, that's that's the bottom line. I mean, it's it's a very transient city, um, but I mean, I've been born and raised here, and you know, when the big thing that you can kind of always compare it to is Rebel basketball, and you know, when they were ranked and they were winning games and competing for you know conference championships and making bids in the NCAA tournament, people were on board. I mean, the Thomas and Mac was one of the funnest places to be. 17, 18,000 people crammed in the building, and it was extremely loud, and it was just a, it was a great time. So now, you know, you look at us, and when we're winning and things are rocking at CNA, our crowds are good. Um, so, you know, everybody likes a winner. So I think that can uh, speak for itself, too, with the Golden Knights. They've been very successful in these first three years, and, you know, now they're making Stanley Cup runs, and um, that's a big part of it. So uh, I think that... The more you win, the more success is going to be bred throughout all levels. Steven, you got another one? Sure. Uh, you know, I want to ask you, uh, uh, Anthony, I want to ask you, actually both of you, any of you two can answer this, but um, we know we know what the, the ACHA has updated uh, people recently that the, the, the plan is to still start the season on time. And uh, for those that can participate, we know of some schools that – maybe are delaying or, or not going to start off. But um, I guess what, I mean, what is your sense of things? Do you feel like that things will, will start on time or, and, and, and do you feel like that you're going to be able to have fans in the stands and just maybe give an update on any of that? I, it's hard, tough stuff just to talk about, but I think it's an important uh, update that you guys are so involved in the conversations with the league and maybe just update anybody that you, how you guys feel uh, the progression is on, on the, the season and what might we expect. Yeah, as far as what I want and what I think is going to happen might be a little bit different. Um, obviously, we're all set. We're ready to go. Um, as in, everything's done on our end. Schedule, equipment, everything's booked. Uh, all the marketing stuff's been put in places. Going to unveil New Jersey coming out opening weekend. So everything's done on that end. Now we just have to comply with everything. Not with just the league and school, but then you have to worry about what each state's governor does and how that's going to affect fans and whatnot. So as far as I know, we're good to go right now to start on time. Could we be pushed back to January 1? That is a good possibility. But I won't know. Kind of it's like a week-to-week -week thing where we just fill in. I check in with the school and make sure we're good on that end. 
um, as of right now to keep everyone posted. Our school's going uh, 50% online and 50% in-person classes. Uh, as long as that stays the same and they don't go all online, we'll be good on at the university standpoint. For the league, uh, they're basing it off of, you know, what other teams do with their schools. So we all had to, you know, fill this survey out and kind of go from there. And then it's going to depend on your governor, what your governor, you know, decides. And yeah, that's way above my pay grade. So I'm just going to take it as it comes. Same thing with Nick. We'll just sit back and wait. But on our end, everything's done and we're ready to go. Our kids can't wait to be here. We're in constant contact with them. Um, so come uh, August 18th, when they're all supposed to arrive, if they're supposed to be here and we're good to go, they'll be here in time. We'll start camp and we'll be ready to go. All right, guys, for both of you, um, a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago now, I ran a, a little week-long special for Black Lives Matter, and I called it in, in hockey in the desert southwest. And and DeAndre John joined us uh, on the show. And uh, first of all, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, he's a, a great kid, and, and it was really courageous of him to come on and, and talk and tell his story. Uh, you also had another Vegas native in uh, – in uh, Dominic Garcia come on our NCAA show, but you guys have had to experience uh, some racism uh, dealt to you. And I thought you guys handled it so well all the way along, but has that changed any, anything as, as black lives matter movement, has that changed anything that you guys have done in hockey or is it something that you guys have just gone along with all the time? No, I, for myself and for the team, I know that Nick and I run a tight ship that just won't stand. Uh, it's not in the place for hockey nor in life. So um, especially when the incident happened to one of our own, um, it was kind of personal. I'm, I'm not of black descent, so I can't say, put myself in DJ's shoes, but I can, I can tell it hurt him. Uh, it hurt me just to be a part of it, but I felt like um, as a whole – he had 20 brothers and a coaching staff behind him, um, and he handled the situation as best as he could. Um, and then for Dom, uh, you know, we don't know what it's like to grow up, but they're in a, you know, a, a sport that's not typically dominated by, uh, you know, more so it's white people in the locker room. So it's got to be awkward feeling. But for those two, they're great young men, uh, great heads on their shoulders. Uh, they work hard. So. But for me, and I'm sure Nick feels the same way, it's no place in hockey. It's no place in life. That's just how I was raised. We're all the same. Um, you know, I, I don't treat DJ any different than I treat any other kid that I recruit or vice versa. If it's uh, a brown, white, black, it just doesn't matter to me. That they, they come from good homes and they want to be here. They want to become a better person on and off the ice. Those are the kids we're going to recruit. And I feel like DJ is one of those kids and works his bag off every day. And he's a, he's there for his brothers. All right. My quick follow-up to that one, too, is in recruiting, and maybe, Nick, you can answer this one. Um, when you guys are out recruiting, and I hear this because we, we talk to people on all three of our podcasts from all over Canada and everywhere, and uh, UNLV has, has made a mark uh, in Western Canada, in uh Eastern Canada, you name it, uh, junior programs. Uh, there's a lot of top quality players that see UNLV as a place to play, place to go to school. W what have you done to create that environment? 
Well, I think it started, you know, four or five years ago when Coach Greener and I first began doing this. Um, you know, we knew we needed to elevate the talent level of our program. And what better way to do that than to uh, start building relationships with coaches in, in Western Canada and then slowly working our way out east. But kind of starts with the already um, connects you have, you know, growing up in the hockey world. And a lot of the guys that you, you might have played with or Coach Greener might have played with are now coaching. So, you know, you reach out to those guys and you just start explaining the vision of our program and where we expect it to be and um, our goals and things like that. And, you know, once you do that, the coaching staff's normally on board with it too. And, you know, they allow you to, to contact their players. And that, then after that, it kinds of becomes a snowball effect. So it starts out just making a lot of phone calls and, and even heading up there to some showcases. I mean, I've been to one in Minnesota and Coach Greener's been to one in Canada a couple times, and we were going to Boston. And, you know, you have to make your brand relevant across the country, and you can't do that unless you get exposure. So for us, it was initially a lot of phone calls and a lot of travel. And then after that, um, it just simply became probably our um, – our players once again becoming our best recruiters and then winning speaks for itself and then obviously our fan base is great so when you tack, tack on all those three things together um, you begin to make a name for yourself and hopefully it's a good one and I think that we've done that um, really really well over the last three years and our, our brand is really stuck in Canada and I think that with UNLV being such an international friendly school that always helps as well. Steven you got something to add on that one? Well, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've always been impressed about, you know, these getting the team, you know, they get players from everywhere and that, that's a, that's a testament uh, to them. And, but, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of ask this because, you know, we, we know that the NHL season is, is getting ready to, to start up and it's going to be a unique uh, style this year. Obviously it's, it's restart because they're going to be going into these bubble environments and they're going to be – they haven't been on the ice for four months now. Of course, teams have been in training camp for a couple of weeks. They've been on the ice in groups before that. But I don't know. I mean, you guys have both played hockey. I mean, what is this, I mean, I mean, what is it going to be like for them? I mean, they haven't played competitive hockey for so long. Now they're going to go into almost a playoff environment, and they're going to be in these bubble atmospheres. I mean, just – I mean, what What are you guys' thoughts about about how the uh, the NHL is going to restart here and what, what the, these NHL players are going to endure? Nick, do you want to touch on that, or do you want me to touch on that? Uh, go yep. for it. Yep, go for it, Anthony. <laughs> uh, You're on the spot, uh, Anthony. Come on. <laughs> I think, you know, I played hockey a long time, but those guys are going to be jumping into a full pace. I know that they, you know, they got to go through the quarantine and that bubble life and whatnot. I'm sure they're all, you know, professionals and can handle that. But I know Coach Nick and I were talking about earlier when we had dinner earlier tonight about how healthy everybody's going to be and how exciting these playoffs are going to be. But then again, with that, everybody being healthy and coming out, not playing games for a long time, there's going to be some injuries just right off the bat because these guys jumping in full speed, going 100, you know, 110%. We all know just watching playoff hockey that they're at a different level. It goes to a different level of hockey you know, as soon as the playoff starts, it's like, you know, two different leagues have started because they turn on that extra notch. So I'm definitely excited to see. But it'd be interesting to see, like you said, how the players actually handle this bubble situation where they're quarantined and kind of just on their own. Uh, you know, I, I was reading an article from Jesse Granger. He writes for The Athletic today, and he asked all the players, you know, what it you know, what they need to bring. And a lot of the guys bring an Xbox and their iPad and books, <laughs> right. you know, stuff like that. So yeah. you got to find some time to kill time or, you know, you got to find 
something else other than, you know, just watching the TV. So I guess work out in the morning, skate in the morning, and go to your hotel room and play a lot of Xbox against your teammates. And, and, and uh, Stasny says he's going to watch CNBC, and then Flurry says he's bringing a lot of underwear. So you've got to bring a lot of underwear, apparently, if you're going to be in a place for two months, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to steer this back to college hockey again, because last night uh, on our NCAA show, we had uh, Jess Myers from the Rink Live in Minnesota, and, and, and we asked him, we had him on because St. Thomas, or University of St. Thomas, made the jump from Division Three to NCAA, and uh, he said something that was pretty interesting. He said, when the pandemic hit, everybody was fearful that NCAA hockey was going to lose teams because that was going to be just too much for them to overcome uh, financially and whatever. But instead, we look at NCAA hockey right now. We've got – we went from 60 to 61 with LIU to 62 now with with uh, University of St. Thomas. So um, – just your thoughts on that. Did you think that that was going to continue to grow working through a pandemic like this? For me, I, I, my original thought is as soon as uh, Long Island came out, I'm like, man, that's going to be really tough. But then they started signing some kids and whatnot, and he got some transfers. Um, and then I actually got to speak with him, and he's just a well-spoken guy. And every player that I talked to that knew him, a couple of my players that know him, just say, like, he is an unbelievable teacher of the game, uh, a great recruiter. So that kind of makes sense of, like, how he's putting together this team. And then with Thomas coming out, uh, that was kind of odd to me, like, at a time like this, to be able to put together a team. and um, Just there's so much uncertainty going on that, it, it was just a. It caught me off guard when I was reading about it, and at, at first I was like, "No way, this is happening!" But more power <laughs> to him. I want to see as many hockey teams, college hockey teams, as we can get to that level. Um, I just want them, to, you know, to be put in a successful situation. And I don't know if right now is the time, but again, that's above my pay grade. So I, I wish them all the best, both of those teams, because you know, in the end, we want to see more college hockey teams. So. They're striving to the goal that everybody's trying to get to. All right, Nick, I want you to answer this one because I know you've been on the recruiting trail pretty hard, but tell us about some of the players that the uh, the Rebels have coming in, the freshmen this year that are going to be difference makers. I know we've heard it before, but it's always nice to hear it again because I think those guys deserve credit for making the commitment, especially during this time. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, we have a great class coming in, um, a lot of talent, a lot of great character. Um, two of the guys that I would definitely, you know, be keeping an eye on for sure is uh, Alec and Max Johnson. Um, you know, both guys played in the North American Hockey League last year with the St. Cloud Blizzard. Um, you know, Alec's, Alec is a, is a big, heavy, uh, but very well, you know, put together and smooth skating defenseman. Um, you know, his game is very well-rounded. He'll be able to play power play, penalty kill, pretty much any situation. Um, so we expect him to come in and make an impact right away as a top two uh, defenseman. Um, and then, you know, obviously his brother Max is, a, is more of a power forward, a little bit different style, but a really gritty, uh, plays a heavy game, tough. You know, and sometimes I think that's what we were lacking last year. So to have a guy like that up front will be big for us. Um, and then, you know, you have a guy like Brock Palmer coming in as a, as a true freshman, as a 100-plus point scorer in the KIJHL. Uh, um, brings a lot of experience from that league, but 
I think one thing we were lacking as well was sometimes uh, that goal scorer's touch. And, you know, when you need a guy to kind of put the puck in the net at a crucial time, um, I think he can fill that role for us really well. So those three guys are, are, uh, are important for us. We're excited to have them. And, you know, hopefully that we're, we're playing games sooner than later. Well, I, I hope you branded the Johnson & Johnson brand for you because that's great marketing right there. I mean, uh, I'm already working on headlines for that one, so nice job getting those two. <laughs> that might be trademark, though. Won't it, won't it be trademark? <laughs> we'll have to pay a royalty if you use that. <laughs> All right. Okay, so so we know a little bit about that, but you guys have some solid guys coming back, too, and, and we've heard a little bit about it. Starts right in goal with, that, with David Anderson and Dorian. Um, your goaltending is where it all starts, right, uh, Coach Greener? Yeah, Ando just holds it down for us. Obviously, everybody can see that follows us. We uh, really made a turn at break when he transferred in, and he kind of just gave us a backbone in the net and more confidence. Players play with more confidence, and uh, we say it all the time when we when we go out there with Moxie and Swag, and we knew Ando was in net, kind of just gave us that extra Moxie and Swag, and our defense played well and it turned in our offense playing well. And we really turned around our year and really made a push and kind of, uh, you know, was kind of upsetting that we didn't get to show what, you know, all the hard work we put in over the break and what we, you know, turned our season around to, but for the tournament, but uh, it definitely started with Ando and, but uh, he's going to be pushed this year. we got two new kids coming in with Vince and Wixon coming in. So, um, I'm excited to see the goaltending battle for sure. All right, Steven, you got another one for him before we let these guys go? Yes, I, I want to ask. I want to put uh, Coach Greener back on the spot. You know, we talk so much about you as a coach and, and your coaching, but I want to talk about you as a player for a minute because I was looking at some of you, and people don't realize you were a pretty good player when you played at UNLV. I, I'm sure you're going to be humble about it, but you were you were a pretty good player when you were at UNLV. So I want you to talk about what that experience was like for you playing at UNLV for five seasons and, and what it was like then and then, you know, now being able to coach this team and some of those things that you're able to learn as a player to – put upon the team now and this being a uh, the UNLV coach now after being a player there not that many years ago I won't say how many years ago it was it was a few years ago but it was that many years ago <laughs> it was a long time ago so uh, <laughs> but I appreciate that uh, no it was uh, definitely the time of my life and I know that it was something that uh, Rob Pauline took serious now he coaches overseas in the Hungarian league well actually he just went to the German second league but he took really serious where he did the same thing that kind of Coach Nick and I had, had done is went out and recruited players, so and, and it was a serious thing. Um, and like I said, it was the time of my life. I, I, I had a great time. We got to play in front of a packed house every night, similar to what it was now. Um, the kids now are a little bit more fortunate of how much money that's thrown in this program. But um, just, uh, you know, being able to uh, play for the team and then coach the team and then kind of uh, – run with things with coach Nick this last couple of years has uh, been quite an honor. Um, and I know he's a UNLV alum as well. So it kind of holds a special place in our heart that actually we're coaching for the team that we graduated from. So uh, it's definitely a, a special feeling. Now, and back follow up to that, you know, every coach uh, and coaches take the teams to heart, but I think it, being a, being an alum and, and Nick being an alum, that has to be, as you said, that, that gives you some sort of like extra sense of, of pride and determination to really want to put this program 
out on the uh, on the forefront to win a, a championship. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I can speak for myself and Nick. I know this for sure. Is like I'm, every coach wants to win and do well, and you know they take it serious. That's their job. But then there's like you said, there's that extra motivation that this is where we come from. Uh, you know, we went, we walked the campuses they went to, went to the same lecture halls they're in. Um, you know, got to witness some of you know UNLV basketball and football games. So we have a special bond with the players that you know not every coach can say they have. So it is an extra uh, added little motivation. All right, coach. Let me let me tell you a little backside, but why he led you into that? He's got a trivia question. We do a trivia question every show. He's got a trivia question that he wanted to bring out tonight about you. So don't answer it, even if you know. You just tell me yes or no if you know the answer. Nick, you jump in here too if you know the answer. But Stephen, read us our uh, hashtag pucks on the pod uh, trivia question presented by Summer Skates tonight. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're ineligible, right, for the the prize. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so during your uh, d- during your uh, during your five seasons, uh, during your uh, 2009-10 season, you put up some career numbers for for UNLV, and so we want we ask we're asking folks how many points did uh, Coach Greener register that season, and then we bonus prize is how many goals, how many were goals, and how many were assists. This is during the 2009-10 season. All right, Coach, do you know the answer to that one? No, I don't know the exact answer. I know I should have but uh, I could do some digging, I guess. Sure. Nick, how about you? Do you know the answer to that one? I don't, but I can cheat. That's what the internet's for. So yeah. I mean, there's a, how much. There, there's a lucky. There's a there's a website called Elite Prospects that provides a lot of good information. I've never heard of it. guys i I appreciate you coming on and taking some time in the middle of the pandemic best of luck on the golf tournament you know i'm going to be there so uh we look forward to it anything we can do in the process to help you fill that thing up and uh, and get people out there we'll be happy to uh i always appreciate you guys spending time with us and i always appreciate being in vegas even if i'm on the uh 10th floor of the paris hotel staring at the eiffel tower and don't worry, Nick, we'll have a question about you uh, about you in the future. <laughs> uh, that's all right. You don't have to do that much digging. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Uh, all right, guys. That's uh, Thanks, guys. UNLV, UNLV hockey coaches, uh, head coach Anthony McNary-Greener and uh, assistant coach Nick Raboni joining us tonight on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We're going to take a quick break, hear uh, a couple of words from some of our partners, and Steve and I will be back to wrap up the show and give you another shot at that uh, trivia question. So, be with us in just a second. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Game like a pro, post game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. 
located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena. College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill, pregame like a pro, postgame like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your product with M-Drive. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. 
All right, welcome back in hockey fans in the desert southwest. Another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is winding down. Scott Strandy with you uh, tonight from Las Vegas, Nevada, along with my co-host, Stephen Marsh from Las Vegas, Nevada as well. So uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to get up here and take a look at uh, not only what's going on uh, on the ice, but what goes on off the ice as well. So uh, thank you, Las Vegas, for having us. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Stephen, we went into this and, and we had a lot of great partners and I just want to touch on that quickly because we have so many great partners that right now I want to go eat Jesse Ray's barbecue. I want to get a shot of Roger Klein's tequila. I want to go buy a new Ford. Uh, I want to get over to behind the mask and get some stuff. Uh, I want to get to our friends at Oxypow and get some sanitizer. <laughs> so it, it's, it's great because that tells us we're growing, but uh, just give us your thoughts on, on hockey in Vegas. I know we talked about it a lot, but, Give us an overview of hockey in Vegas right now uh, on the 22nd of July. Well, Vegas and hockey is, uh, is uh, or hockey in Vegas is heat, heating up. I mean, uh, we're going to have the uh, NHL starting back up, and the Golden Knights are getting ready to, to start play again. Uh, as we mentioned, the UNLV is, is getting ready to, to start their uh, their season i guess in august uh, with training camp and hopefully everything stays on track for that they've got the golf thing at the end of august the golf the outing and and it sounds like that's still on for the 27th i was kind of wondering if they would still be on the the 27th and it is and obviously they're they're taking certain precautions everybody's going to get a unlv branded hockey branded face mask that's one that's reason enough to go i mean face masks are becoming (laughs) quite the fashion accessory these these days and and uh if people go to the the tournament there the golf thing they're going to get one of those and and uh, be able to mask up like we're all need to be doing this time of years or this time don't get through this so so that'll be cool and uh yeah, and then of course the Silver Knights just had a um, the um, seat seat thing, the the seat pick pick a seat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, people were going to the Orleans. Some of those that have put deposits down for season tickets for the upcoming AHL season, you know, they're going to play at the Orleans for a couple of seasons until the the new arena out in Henderson uh, is going to be finished, which is separate from Lifeguard Arena, which we want to get people mixed up on that Lifeguard Arena, which was already going to be built before they announced an AHL team, as you mentioned that before, and they had to add on to that. And people can see that on your Sunday special. If they go back and look at that from a while ago, but um, you know, and to make for the team to be able to use that. And then, and then they're building another facility that, you know, that pretty much got approval now to go forward where the Henderson pavilion here is now that's going to turn, that's good. They're going to turn that into an AHL facility and that's where the silver Knights will play when that's finished. But uh, so yeah, things in the state of hockey is, uh, is really good here. And we just need this virus to go away so we can get home. But but it sounds like you know we're gonna we're gonna have NHL hockey and if 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 things go as well as it is right now in the NBA bubble, which they're just starting playing some exhibition games themselves in the Orlando bubble there, uh, it can be really really uh, good. And we're gonna have two months of hockey to watch on TV like March Madness, uh, but in August. So it's gonna be really uh, really cool. And I think the Golden Knights have a really good chance to do well. And then uh, you know we, and then we'll and then. You know, we'll have the UNLV starting up, hopefully, and they'll have a good season, hopefully, and, and hockey won't, well, will, will never be better in, in Las Vegas. Okay, so you made your case and, and gave us the overview of Las Vegas, but here's going to be the measuring stick uh, in, for the future and going forward is tomorrow we're going to get an announcement from Seattle. Uh, their team name, their team colors, their branding, all of that stuff is going to come out at noon Eastern time tomorrow. Um, so now... 
the onus is going to be on Seattle to see if they can do what Vegas did because what Bill Foley has done here and uh, the way he's grown hockey at all levels so quickly, um, that Seattle's going to have their hands full if they're going to try to match that in my, in my estimation. Well, and, and maybe this is maybe this is me being a little biased here, but I just don't think they can. Uh, I don't think they they will. I mean, uh, it's Vegas and Seattle. I mean, Seattle though they have a pretty passionate fan base, but uh, you know, at Vegas, you know, we didn't know, but it became you know overnight. It's you know it seemed like the the so I the Seattle's already got pro. You know, I think the big difference is uh, is Vegas. We didn't have a pro team, and this was our first pro team, and and finally came through and. And then, of course, one October and everything, and then the, the follow through from that. But, um, but with Seattle, you know, they already have pro teams there. They already got a football team. They have a baseball teams. They've already, you know, they've already got those. Um, so, but, but hockey is is kind of huge in that that area. You know, with being up towards by Canada almost. You know, being up there that that area. So, um, you know, it's uh, it would yeah, be that's pretty good in your ge- your geography lesson. So that's good. <laughs> Yeah, but I I knew well, I just, that was a loaded that was a loaded question when I asked the Las Vegas native to see yeah, if the Seattle I, I, can match up with you. But uh, you know, I'm, what? Rooting, uh, I'm rooting for them, but I just don't. They, they can be the second. <laughs> they can be the second best expansion team ever. Let's just let's just go with that. Well, I'll tell you right now, they're they're up against the battle with that uh, that other team up there that plays NFL football and has the twelfth man. I think uh, that's going to challenge anything yeah. that they can do in the hockey arena. But uh, I hope they are very successful. Uh, you know, I'm like I, I used the phrase earlier. Uh, you know, high tide rises all ships, and and the more and more success we can experience, the better. Speaking of success, time to uh, give out that uh, that question, that uh, trivia question, the hashtag pucks on the pod presented by Summer Skates trivia question relating to UNLV hockey and head coach Anthony Vigneri-Greener. All right, so our question this week for Club Hockey uh, Southwest Weekly is, uh, as we mentioned, UNLV head coach Anthony Vigneri-Greener also played for UNLV for five seasons uh, from 2006 to 2011. We're focusing on the 2009-10 season. That's when he had his best year, His some career numbers for him, uh, for the Skate and Rebels. So we want you to Tell us how many points did Coach Vigneri Greener register that season, and we want to give you a bonus prize if you can answer the the follow up to that would be how many how many of them were goals and how many were assists. If you can answer those questions, you'll win a prize. Hashtag pucks on the pod at Ice Time SW. Yes, get to our Ice Time SW uh, Twitter account. Use that hashtag pucks on the pod presented by Summer Skates, and we'll have a prize pack coming your way. So get up there, uh, do some research if you have to. Don't tell them where they can find it because Coach Raboni <laughs> already knows. <laughs> I'm sure other people do as well. But great question, Stephen. Um, and I want to say something. He said he didn't know. I, I have to suspect that he he knows. <laughs> and I think he's being humble. I think he knows in what range. He was, and people don't real, people don't realize he was a he was a pretty good player. I mean, he had some good numbers there, and and his, he he's had a, some gr- I th- had some I great fact, numbers. I think, I, I think I think his numbers retired at uh, at so or at the ice center or Sobe wherever. I think his numbers is retired up there. So yeah, um, it definitely is. I I can attest to seeing that. Yeah, and uh, you know that's a that's back in the era when when UNLV. Uh, was kind of struggling through their programs, yeah. too. So for him to be able to do that, I, I, I liked his comment when he said uh, the guys now have it a little better because there's a little more money involved in, in well, giving get, them better products, better equipment. And, and, they, and, a better better facil- and, 
and they got a better facility to play to City National Arena. That that doesn't hurt. No, no offense to the the Ice Center and uh, Sobe Ice Arena at the uh, right now closed Fiesta Hotel, but uh, it's uh, we we love love those places as well. They've been a big part of Vegas and hockey, but but uh, we we love uh, City National Arena. It's been a great home for UNLV hockey, also also the home of the Golden Knights. Uh, practice facility and it's being used for a lot of things and of course we're going to have this uh, facility out in henderson and 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 so it's going to be uh we've got a lot of a lot of options for for rinks here so like i said as i've said to you uh your friends down in tucson there university of arizona we know how much it's tough for them to get ice time if they need a place to use some ice time i think we can <laughs> we might have some room for them although nick's made it sound like there's not a lot of space right now which is hard to believe uh, yeah once, once lifeguard arena opens that's gonna fill. That's gonna fill up with spots too. Once everything kind of gets back to normal, so uh, uh, you know we're just gonna have to keep building. We're gonna have to build a place out in uh, in uh, I don't know what's the next part. North Las Vegas. Well, we don't want to North Las Vegas, I guess. We'll Harump. Be How can we go to Perump? Perump, maybe or Boulder City or. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, let's do a couple of housekeeping things, and I'll let you do your read, and, and we'll say good night. But a couple of housekeeping things. If you are a hockey fan, a professional hockey fan, you'll definitely want to tune in to ITHSW podcast starting August 1st through the 9th as we do our special um, Welcome Back to Hockey 2020. Our NHL uh, shows are going to be half-hour shows at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Just go to ITHSW podcast and uh, join on with our live broadcast roundtable with all of our hosts and everybody at uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest. And finally, Stephen, take it away and uh, thank all of our good partners. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, presenting partner of the new season of Sunday specials, voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona. Go ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you about the summer truck and SUV sale. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue right here in Las Vegas. Voted best in Las Vegas two years running. Call us at 702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. It's all about the butt. By M-Drive, proud partner of What Drives You. Look for new episodes twice a month at IcetimeHockeySW.com. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. Buy summer skates, shower shoes, koozies, and more. Show your game in comfort and style. Visit SummerSkates.com. Win your Summer Skates prize pack with the hashtag PucksOnThePod. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, the place for fresh made-to-order burgers and more. Find one of our 12 Valley locations near you at coldbeers.com, also in Southern California. By OxyPow, clean your gear, clean your skin with our all-natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Sprint, a brighter future for all. See Andre in Paradise Valley at Cactus and Tatum and let him find you the right deal. Behind the Mask, the Valley's hockey shop for over 25 years. Go to behindthemask.com and see what the new season has in store for you. By College Bar and Grill, call 1-480-588-6451 to pick up dinner on the way home. College Bar and Grill, by ASU fans, for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop, for all of your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Can't See on Tequila. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and find the award-winning bottle that suits your style. By the Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler, check our websites for skating, session availability, and requirements. 
Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at iTunes, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitchers, and iHeartRadio. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well done. Keeping us right on time. I will say the uh, Sunday special coming up this Sunday does feature uh, yourself and, and myself in the uh, talking a little uh, Golden Knights hockey as we welcome back hockey 2020. So get to icetimesw.com uh, and check it out. I'm sorry, icetimehockeysw.com. Don't, don't take the shortcut. It'll never work. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, this is for another uh, a great edition. Uh, our thanks to uh, – UNLV head coach Anthony Vigneri Greener, as well as assistant coach Nick Ravoni for joining us. For my co-host here in Las Vegas, for Scott Strandy here in Las Vegas right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's say goodnight for another episode, and we'll see so, you next week on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Should we say wee oui, wee oui, because you're at the Paris? Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. All oui, right, oui. Roger Klein and the Peacemakers will take us away with a little demiral. Mm-hmm.